Off Topic with Mike and JD. I'm JD. And I'm Mike. And welcome to the show. So Mike, why don't you introduce the topic today? Alright, wow. So much power. Um, today we're talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, we were originally going to talk about this earlier, but because not everybody got a chance to see it, we're, we're talking about it in commemoration of it coming to Disney+. Plus. Mm -hmm. uh, no, first thing, I have one very nitpicky minor complaint. What, we don't need the Legend of the Ten Rings subtitle. That, I just find that very unnecessary, making the title unnecessary long. It's the first film. Just call it Shang-Chi. Like, I, you don't need Legend of the Ten Rings. I 100% agree with you, but I definitely feel like this was a... Captain America the First Avenger kind of thing, whereas if they had just called the movie Shang-Chi, then people would be like, who is that? And like, they wouldn't even know it's a Marvel movie. So like, they added mm. the, I think they should have called it uh, Shang-Chi and the Master of Kung Fu, which I think is what the title's called, but maybe that's uh, culturally insensitive, I don't know. Either way, I don't think they need the subtitle, but it <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, well, no. Oh, I fully admit that this is nitpicking and, well, like, not really relevant. It's just something I wanted to say, but, like... No, I, I totally... I mean, it doesn't really matter. I totally agree, though. It definitely feels like a mouthful to be, like, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Things. <laughs> Which we'll, we'll get into that more in spoilers of why that extra is yeah. a weird title. Yeah, so, yeah, so first we're gonna... Discuss spoiler free, then we're going to give you a big spoiler warning before we start talking about spoilers. So, overall, my, my impression of this movie, it was pretty good. Like, I wouldn't say it was amazing, but it was a solid mo Marvel movie. Like, it wasn't one of their just average films. It was definitely a, above average. Definitely a solid film. What about you? See, I, I, I'm much higher on this film than you are. I really loved this film. I thought it was, like, it was just fun and breezy and, like, energized. I, and I'm admittedly biased coming into this. I love martial arts films. Uh, I've always been a huge fan. So, like, I had been waiting for this because I was really pumped up for Iron Fist when it came to Netflix, and when that kind of flopped... What a disappointment. When that kind of flopped, I was like, oh, I want to yeah. see this, like, martial arts, kung fu action side mm. of Marvel. And so this was finally, like, what I wanted Iron Fist to be. So I was really well, high on this film. Well, see, the big... One of the big difference between this and Iron Fist is the casting. First of all... By Donovan. I mean, I know Iron Fist has always been white in the comics, but it does lead to some pro problematic white savior tropes. But the even bigger problem was casting Finn Jones, who, and who, there were many reports that he skipped fight training, and if you actually watch the show, you're like, yeah. Because the fights where you see his face, it's so lazy, and like, you would see, like, they very often had to do cover his face for reasons because he was, like, very uncooperative with actually do learning to fight. Meanwhile, Sa uh, how do you pronounce his name? Simu Lau, is that? Oh, I, I say Simu Lu, but I don't know if that's Simu Lu? I, I, I honestly don't know. How, but Simu Lu, he's, he's actually a, was a stunt actor at one point, like... Yeah, yeah. So, so he... 
I mean, I'm sure he had stunt doubles for certain scenes, but the point is, he could do st stuff without always having to hide his face, which that makes a big difference in a martial arts f film. Well, it's... Film it's and so... <laughs> it's so frustrating, too, because Iron Fist is the one... The one Marvel character in the Netflix universe who had a mask. You could have just had him wear his costume and had a stunt performer. If Finn Jones was really that uncooperative, but that's that's neither here nor there. But the point is, I I thought this was one of the more fun uh, origin stories. And it, it it very much felt to me like a Doctor Strange uh, or a Ant Man, which are also two. Marvel movies that I'm very high on. It's like just a, it's an origin movie, so it comes with the baggage of being an origin movie, but they kind of just breeze through it, like they don't get hung up too much on the origin part, and they they really just get you into it. So I definitely thought, like like I said, I can see why people would be more middle of the road on it, but it really, it hit a sweet spot for me. Mm. So is there I anything you want to talk about in terms of uh, non-spoilers that you want to bring up before we... Uh, well, um, Aquafina, uh, I liked her performance, and I felt she brought the just the right amount of Aquafina to the role. Yeah. Well, yeah. Aquafina is a very funny person, but if you if you watch her show show at all, Aquafina is Nora from Queens. It's a funny show, but sometimes it she gets to be too much. Yeah. And and, well, and so that's why I felt in the movie they held like they. They held her back just a little bit, which is like, you know, perfect to do with, some, with her. Like, let her be funny, but like, they didn't let her go too far away. She got annoyed. She no, was just the right amount of obnoxious. That, that is a great point. I, after seeing her in Crazy Rich Asians, I was a little nervous having her play a character, which I think Katie is an original character. I don't think she's in the comics. Most likely. I could be wrong about that. But I think she's a bit totally. I was worried. I'm like, all right, is Aquafina just gonna play Aquafina, and it's just gonna be like goofy and like take me out of the movie? But actually, like weirdly, this was one of her more like subdued roles. Like there definitely are like laugh out loud moments where she's funny, but like she also has a lot of serious moments that are like very surprising. Exactly. And, and like I was very, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, they bought. She bought the right amount of Aquafina energy without going too overboard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, overall, definitely great, act, great action. Overall, I'll get more detailed into that in the spoiler section. But good, yeah. good action, action, and the story. I wouldn't say it's the best storyline Marvel did, but it's definitely a, one of the better ones. Overall, just a great film, and also it's. It's great to have representation. I know that's weird coming from a podcast hosted by two white guys, but still, it's, it's nice to see some diversity in the Marvel movies, finally. Yeah, agreed. Alright, uh, so anything else you want to say before we go into spoilers? Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. Like you said, you covered most of it. You de It delivered on uh, action. Uh, it delivered, I thought the cast was all really good, you know. And um, and also, you know, we'll we'll talk about it more in spoilers. But I really think one of the best villain performances outside of maybe Thanos and Loki that we've gotten in a long time. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be interested to see. I've never heard of this uh, director uh, before, but um, I'd be interested to see what 
what he brings if, if he comes back for the second one. Okay, so now, spoiler warning! You will be spoiled if you haven't seen the movie yet. Which, if you haven't, spoiler alert. it's on Disney Plus. <laughs> Go see it right now. Pause this. Yeah. All right. So now, so now, now discussing spoilers. So one thing I wondered while watching this is how COVID affected it because they, I know they had to stop in the middle and resume. Cause the final battle was good, but it seemed like less people that would normally be in like a final Marvel battle. Like, did, did you have that, have that feeling too? You know, um, on my, on the first watch, it, I didn't even notice it. Um, I think probably on my second, cause I've seen this movie three times. On my second and third watches, more so, like, there was, it definitely felt like maybe COVID affected some of those. Yeah. Like, I mean, it still worked. Like, it still worked having a small army for the battle. It just felt like, it was just something that I did pick up on. Like, you know, oh, usually they have ten times this army, but, oh, do they want to have less people on set? Which is understandable. And like I said, it, it wasn't like it didn't make sense for the armies to be small. Like, it, if, if they said, no, that was always the plan, I would believe them. Yeah. But I would also believe that it was a COVID issue, too. Like, I would believe either one. Yeah, it was like, they did a good job with, like, oh, it's a small village, so, like, maybe this is, this was always the plan, but... Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I really, I thought it was interesting. As somebody who never, you know, again, as we get into the more obscure Marvel, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, Shang-Chi, Eternals, as we get into, like, the, the more obscure uh, Marvel stuff, I don't know as much going in. Like, when I came into Spider-Man, yeah. and you know everything, you know, you know the, the stories and probably where they're going to go. But in this, I was like, I wasn't expecting anything. I came in with no expectations. Um, and so, mm -hmm. apparently, they changed the character of Shang-Chi a lot. Like, uh, people who have read the comics tell me he's more of, like, a... James Bond super spy in the comics, where in this one he's kind of like a slacker guy, but I yeah, but I really dug his character. Like uh, I I really liked the like <laughs> the average Joe slacker character. Um, the only thing that kind of made me scratch my head was that like he's you know you see him do some push ups in the morning, but I'm like how is he still so good at this? How is he still... That's a good point. How is he still so good at martial arts after, like, slacking off for however long? <laughs> yeah. See, though, I gotta say, the biggest plot hole that, that did annoy me a bit was... How... Oh, he was 16. He, he you know, he left his family. He abandoned his father. And somehow enrolled in school, like, where he met... Ke Katie is like, well, how did he do, like, like, how did he, how did a 16-year-old create, by himself, create a cover identity? It's like, like, that bothered me a bit because it's like, I mean, just a 16-year-old living by themselves alone is suspicious, but like, how did he get records? How did he roll school? So, so that did bother me a bit. There was no real explanation how he set up his own life. Yeah, they probably could have thrown in, like, a line about that, because you're right, that doesn't really make sense. Maybe maybe because he was going on an assassination mission, maybe he already had some forged documents to just get into the country to to assassinate his target. 
who we never find out, by the way. Hopefully that comes yeah. up in the second movie. But but see, the problem with that is is that he believed his dad had no idea where he was. Now, yes, his dad revealed he always knew where he was, but the point is, if he he didn't know that his dad knew where he was, so if his if his you know the if his dad's league set that up, that he would know his dad knew where he was. Hmm. Yeah, it's like I said, that's a bit that's a bit of like a, a plot hole or unexplained thread that bothered me a little bit. One one thing that I was surprised by, um, Ben Kingsley come back yes. as the manager. See, I'm actually not surprised he came back. I'm surprised he came back for more than just a cameo. No, like, I I a thousand percent agree with you. I was not at all surprised to see he was in this movie. However, I was very surprised that he was a a very significant like not a main character but like a a, a, a supporting character, a secondary like a, a a genuine supporting character. I thought it was going to be a cameo. I yeah, same here. I, I expected this movie to open up with. Uh, Wu as, like, the real Mandarin executing Ben Kingsley. Like, that's what I thought this movie was going to open with, just to get the Iron Man 3 connection out of the way off the gate. Which, I know, I know why they, I know why they didn't do this, but I, I am sad because of the way that the Marvel timeline worked out, that they couldn't have some sort of, like, flashback or connection to bring Iron Man into this. Like, not as a character, but just, like, in flashback. Well, uh, well yeah, it is, it is a shame that Iron Man never got a chance to face his greatest enemy. So, if, it, you know, that is uh, definitely a shame. What if season two? Make it happen, Kevin Feige. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, and here's the other thing that people like. Is it really the ten rings, or is it the ten bracelets? <laughs> I... That, uh, yeah, it's very interesting that they did... Like, actually, I thought that was a really interesting thing. Like, the the way the Ten Rings function, like, how they they operate in terms of, like, turning into, like, whips or, like, shooting you off the ground and things like that. I've never seen anything like that, so I thought that was really cool, the way they used that. And I like the explanation of, like, um, oh, if they're, like, connected to the dragons they're like dragon sized rings they're like rings for a dragon so they fit over your whole arm uh yeah. but it was kind of a weird change uh, uh some people were speculating maybe it's because the rings would be too similar to the infinity gauntlet if you just had like a bunch of rings with like gems or something on them yeah. uh so maybe that's why uh but yeah i mean definitely a big change from the comics you, you're, yeah. you're right they are they are ten uh, rings, but not like jewelry rings. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in the comics, they, they were ten specific, like, the rings were specific rings, each one had a specific power. Yeah, it was like, there was like the antimatter one, the ice one, the fire one, the, like, yeah. tornado one. They each have a different, like, ability, uh, whereas in this one they all kind of function collectively. Um... Yeah. Which, yeah. Which also, like... Well, I'm curious how power... Like, what happens if you separate them? We see that very briefly when Shang-Chi had control of five of the rings and when Lu had control of the other five. We briefly see them operating apart, but, like, that does... Curiosity, do you need all ten rings to get the immortality? What if you just have one ring? 
Yeah, I mean, that is a good question. I would guess that it's proportional. So, like, if you have all ten rings, you get the full power and the full immortality. And maybe if you have five, you'll age slower, but you won't be actually immortal. And, you know, if you have, like, one, then maybe you'll just, like, age normally. Mm-hmm. But... But, yeah, so that... It's, it's interesting. And, like, they clearly set up that they got... Gonna do, go dive into more of the origins of these rings in the yeah. post credit scene. Yeah, that's the other issue that a lot of my friends brought up with the Legend of the Ten Rings. It's that we don't actually get anything about the Ten Rings. Like, yeah, it's like there's a vague mention of, like, maybe he found them in a crater. But, like, he starts the movie with the Ten Rings. And then we never find out where they came from. So, like, it's kind of weird that it's the Legend of the Ten Rings, even though... Unless, I guess, it's the legend of the Ten Rings, the organization, not the rings themselves. Um, which, that actually makes another question of, like, I was very unclear. Uh, they make mention about uh, how, you know, the Western industrial, like, Stark Industries and uh, Adrich Killian's segment of the Five Rings, uh, or the Ten Rings, appropriated the name. But it was unclear to me, in Iron Man 1, they're in, like, I think Iraq or Afghanistan. The, the Middle East. <laughs> they're in the Middle East, and that's when they first encounter the Ten Rings. And it was unclear, is that supposed to be Adrich Killian's subsection of the ring, Ten Rings? But they also say at one point, like, oh, the Ten Rings spread across the globe. So is that supposed to be the original Ten Rings? I... I think that was supposed to be the original one. Uh, I, that's, that's the impression I get. It's definitely something that's not clear, though. But my impression is is uh, that that was part of the original. Now, it might be, you know, an individual cell, so Wendell might not have been, you know, directly controlling them. But I think they were, you know, affiliated with him. Right. So, yeah, that, that was another question I had. But I, I kind of came to the same same conclusion as you. While we're on the subject, I, I thought Wenwu's performance as the Mandarin was like, or uh, Tony Tony Long's uh, performance as Wenwu was amazing. I really liked his oddly like sympathetic Mandarin. Like he's a terrible person, and you're like he's definitely the villain. But I thought it was interesting. Like when he died, it was like a sad beat, like a sad moment. Like mm. Shang Chi, like. Like, you know, even, like, every time they're together, he, like, you know, pushes his forehead up against his father. Like, even though his father's, like, this horrible, abusive person, I think it's interesting that they still have that, like, familial love in this kind of weird, perverted way. And so, like, I yeah. thought there was a lot of depth to that character. And I was actually really sad to see him die, just because I'm like, it was a Killmonger situation. I'm like, I want to see more of this character. And it was interesting. Like, his character arc, like... His wife redeemed him, and yet her death caused him to become what he was before. So that, like, it's pretty. It seems pretty clear that at one point he was a great father. Yeah, and I love that scene like, of them playing DDR together. That was that was great. Yeah, like when I, you know, when I, we first see the flashback scene, I'm thinking, oh, they must be hiding from the father, whatnot. But it's like. No, they were a loving family. He 
did leave his past behind. He became a different man, but then it was he was a different man because of his wife. When his wife wasn't there, he went back to being the man he was before. Yeah. So I I thought that was really cool and definitely a nice break from the usual like uh main villain. And arguably he's not even the main villain. Like, because he's really he's really just a pawn in the end. Yeah, no, it's true. Um There was uh the the dweller in darkness, um was was the really the the big bad? Um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. I love that like Cthulhu esque stuff. Um, I'm still hoping like they can draw on a lot more of that stuff for for at going forward. You know, maybe the stuff about like hidden cities and like other dimensions and stuff. Like, I really want to dwell, dwell more into that. Mm-hmm. And I thought they kind of set that up. It was interesting to me in the post credit scene. They set up the the Ten Rings as not, you know, in the comics, they're alien. They're alien tech. Um, so I thought for sure, oh, it's just going to be, like, Chitauri technology. Um, but, no, it, they said it's not, they, they said it's not from any alien species that they're aware of. It's not, they're not vibranium. They're not, like, any of that stuff. So I have a feeling they're actually setting the Ten Rings up to be a much bigger thing than than they are in the comics. Oh like yeah, they, it definitely seems that way, which, I mean, it kind of makes sense, because the thing is, I mean, yeah, in the comics, the, the Finn D stones are pretty much the most powerful thing. But the thing is, they already did that, but they gotta keep up in the ante, so now, okay, well, we already did the most powerful thing, so now we need a new most powerful thing. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's interesting that, like, they really set up this, um, Shang-Chi to be, like, a forefront character in the going forward, uh, MCU. And, um, minor spoiler for Eternals, I thought that they would explain the Ten Rings in the Eternals. Because my guess was, I was like, oh, this is, like, leading into the Eternals, like, it's gonna be some sort of Eternals technology, but, I mean, if it is, they don't mention it in the movie, so... Mm -hmm. Interesting, but um, also, uh, I'm curious why Bruce Banner was human in the yes, post-credit scene. Yes, I think that'll be explained in She-Hulk, but I am very yeah. eager, eager to find out why. And is I mean, it interesting that his arm is still in a sling? I know the co um the Russo brothers up said that oh yeah his arm is permanently damaged, but you would think that he like uh like you cyber. Like, he could have, since they literally have robot arms in this world, you think they could build, like, you know, some type of robotic arm that he can use if they just build it over his arm? That's a good point. Um, you know, I think story-wise, they want to sideline Hulk because Hulk is too powerful. But, um, it's interesting. Well, but see, now there's, now there's specifically saying that with the Ten Rings, Shang-Chi is just as powerful, if not more powerful, than the Hulk. It's true, but, like, he is vulnerable. Like, the Hulk is untouchable other than by Thanos. Like, like pretty much the only reason that there ever is a danger is because the Hulk is not in, like, full control of his powers. 
So then when we got Professor Hulk, it was like... I think, And also I do think that, like, you know, Mark Ruffalo has been in a couple movies and I think they want to kind of bring other characters to be, like, the strongest Avenger, uh, mm. you know. But I do think they... I mean, I definitely don't think it's permanent in terms of they will eventually get around it. Probably mm. in this rumored World War Hulk movie. Um, well, what am I not getting that? I... That's not happening. <laughs> like, I don't believe that would happen. Especially since they already did the closest thing we're ever going to see, pl Planet Hulk. And it's like, it didn't lead up into that. Yeah, yeah. And and the other thing is, uh, well, one big reason why they don't do solo Hulk films is because, see, he, ha he, he falls into a weird area. They have the right to use that, char that character in their own films as much as they want. But if they want to make a Hulk film, Universal has distribution rights, and they've said that Universal isn't as cooperative as Sony is in the Spider-Man, has been for the Spider-Man deals. And also, it's like, I kind of also get, why would they, if they can still use a character in ensemble films, why even bother dealing with this other country? Like, have them have it, I feel like, feel like they'll probably just rather do it that way. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I, I'm hearing rumors about it, but we'll we'll see if it comes to fruition. But uh, but in terms of in terms of this movie, though, I will say one thing that uh, I absolutely love the character of Katie. Um, I think she's she's super funny. I'm not really sure why Wong uh, <laughs> why Wong decided to. Uh, to bring her on board. It's like both of your lives are about to change forever. And I'm like, I guess she's decent with a bow and arrow, but we already got a, well, an archer on our team. Like, so I, I think I it's feel just like Shang and her a package deal. <laughs> yeah, that's, I really got that impression that, that, you know, she just, like, she basically wouldn't have let Shang go without her. Like, no, no, exactly. At this point, at this point, she's, Heavily invested in it, in it. Like she just, there's just a package deal at this point. I don't see them go with one, move out the other one. But yeah. also speaking of of Wong, now his fight scene with Abomination was cool, but it made no sense. Like, what is he even doing there? How does he know Abomination? Yeah. I really hope we get more explanation too. I hope that they don't just oh that's a funny Easter egg and never explain more on it. Cause I'm very curious what the what the deal with that was. I really hope they actually give us a proper explanation for that. No, I think I think it was like I was funny. I didn't mind it being in in this movie, but yeah, I'll be very grumpy if we never get an explanation. And I think we will. I think Emil Blonsky being a good guy and working with Wong or Wong like training the Abomination. I think that's too big of a like story to not tell us about i think i i really do believe they're going to be setting up either the thunderbolts or the dark avengers with everything that's going on in terms of the the uh, mm. disney plus shows so i think yeah. it's going to connect into that somehow that like blonsky is going to be the hulk of the dark avengers or the thunderbolts i don't know if they're going to be full dark avengers because it seems mm. like they're yeah. kind of good but um yeah, I, so I, I, definitely... I i heard that he's but I heard he's coming back for She-Hulk, so I'm hoping that maybe they explain more of this in She-Hulk too. It, well, it's just weird because I'm like, why? Why is Wong like in a like 
dark web like fighting ring like yeah that exactly. seems a little questionable to me but like abomination being there made perfect sense yeah it's yeah. it's wong being there is like what are you doing there exactly I also I love like, him in the post credit scene though. Those when they did karaoke, oh, that was just a, hilarious. I, I thought of you. I thought of you the second they started doing the the karaoke of the Heart Tell California. I'm like, JD's gonna love this bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I loved it. Uh, well, that was great. Um, but yeah, speaking of uh, like going back to what I was saying with Katie, I will say one thing I absolutely love. So I'll give you one thing I didn't love and one thing that I did love. The thing that I didn't love was how quickly she got good at archery. Like, I yeah. know there was, like, a montage of, like, some time passed. I just wish they would have said, oh, like, two weeks passed or something like that, that they had a little more well, time. Well, they, they didn't really have that time because they, they set them up on a deadline. Right, but they could have set the deadline to be any time. Yeah, like, still, no, because then they wouldn't be in the rush to get there. What they should have established was that, oh, yeah, I used to do archery at camp, so... So at least, you know, she had something to start with, like, she right. could still, you know, improve, like, she didn't have to be already a great shot, but like, oh, I already at least know how to shoot a, an arrow. Right, exactly, exactly. They could have like, They, they like could have easily... <laughs> but one thing I did like, I, I, I had, the second she picked up a bow and arrow, I was really worried because I'm like, oh no, are they going to give Aquafina the kill shot on the Dweller in Darkness? And I would have been really mad... And they came really close to doing it, but they didn't. She she saved the day, but, like, she didn't get the finishing blow. Because I'm like, she learned how to <laughs> shoot an arrow yesterday. Like, you know, let Shang-Chi in his own movie kill the main bad guy. Yeah. But, so speaking of something you didn't like, is there anything else you could think of that you didn't li like about the film, even though you liked it a lot overall? Um, let's see. I thought... Um, I thought Ben Kingsley's character, even though he was really funny, like, it was a little, like, weird having him be a part of the main character cast. Um, I didn't hate it. I just had mixed feelings about it. I, I thought he was a funny character, but it might have been a little much. Uh, I, let's see, what else didn't I like? Uh, I think, I think it's, it's, it's hard to say because, like, a lot of the stuff with the, the sister, um... Like, I'm not sure where they're going with that. You know, like, yeah. I was sort of, like, I, I was sort of off-put by that, like, post credit scene where she takes over the Ten Rings. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. The problem I have with the sister is that you can cut her out of the movie very easily. And, like, she's supposed to be a main character, but when you can cut out a main character very easily in the film, that's kind of a problem in my book. Like... Yeah, you could also cut out um, uh, the, the fake Mandarin out of the film, too, but he's just supposed to be comic relief, so it doesn't matter that his character is dis completely disposable. I right. feel like the sister should have had some more, like, significance on the story. Well, I was just, like, a little bit, like, how come, how come Shang-Chi gets the the Ten Rings. Like, how come she doesn't get anything? It's like, oh, we've been waiting for you, Shang-Chi. Like, you get the... At least she got some special armor, but, like, everything went to him. It's like, how come she didn't get anything? Like, I know the dad and is also, sexist, but, like... But, but you know what? Also, that was another thing. Like, him being sexist 
was actually very inconsistent with his personality. Like, yeah. it didn't make sense for him to be sexist because, I mean, he fell in love with, with his wife one because she bested him in combat. Like, he yeah. seems to be a very modern person. Him being sexist just didn't really flow with the rest of the character. And it's something, it felt kind of forced because they wanted the, the sister in that role, but it, it didn't feel true to his actual character. No, I agree with that. I think, I think, like, you know, I get the implication that he wasn't sexist before the wife died, and that part of him kind of became more, like, he became more, like, overprotective and more, like, oh, just, like, let the let the men so fight. Uh, but see, they showed him as being protective of her, that it would be different. But see, the thing is, they didn't show him as being protective of her. No, they he's, showed the, him as, he's just the worst, yeah. No, it's true. It's exactly, true. they showed him as not caring about her, which I was fine about him neglecting his children because, okay, he was in depression, but it's like, okay, so he's neglecting his children... The, like, I don't get why you're sexist here. Like, if he was super protective of, of her after the, the mom's death, get that. But he wasn't. He was just neglectful of her, so no, why are you also being sexist? It did not very, fit with the character. Yeah, him being sexist was a very strange uh, thing with what else we know about the character. Mm. But yeah, I mean, but, like I said, overall, I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, what, oh... To me, the highlight of the entire film. I mean, I liked a lot of things. I, I liked the final fight. I liked the design of the Dweller in Darkness. I liked most of everything. The only thing I'll say is that this is both sort of both a positive and negative about the film. The best part of the entire film is very early on in the film, and it's the bus fight. Yeah, so like, take I, I as, agree. Take that as both a positive and a negative, that it's like in the first like act of the film, but it's so good. Like, you can really see, like, Jackie Chan's stunt team, like, helped with this movie. And you can really see that, like, with the, um, the moment where the jacket. Sean, Sean takes off his jacket and wraps it around. And, like, that's, like, classic. Yeah, Jackie that was Chan. a very Jackie Chan. You know, the funny, I didn't pick up on that, but the second you mentioned Jackie Chan, I'm like, oh, he did the jacket th thing. That, that's a very Jackie Chan-esque move. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was, that was chef's kiss. Also, I liked, um... One of my favorite uh, martial arts movies growing up is Kung Fu Hustle, and I like that Shang, if you notice in the background in his apartment, has a poster of Kung Fu Hustle, and I'm like, that's, nice. that's a comedy film, right? Yeah, it's like an it's like an action comedy. I I mean I know it's martial arts, but it's martial arts comedy. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think I've seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a comedy, but I I thought that was like a really fun like in joke, I guess. Mm. That he's a fan. Um, yeah, no, that's okay. Did you think? Because uh, I had a I had a debate with uh, with Kim and uh, her sister about this. Uh, did you think with the at the end when Katie kind of nuzzles up to Shang, is it romantic? Because I had a whole thing about this. Like I personally don't think it's romantic. I think they are just friends, like they say in the in the beginning part. Um, she kind of took that as like, oh, but maybe there are more. Like, I think they leave it open to you can think what you want to think. There's like enough. Yeah, I think they have. To, to be honest, I don't think the writers have made up their mind about that yet. They're like, yeah, we'll determine if, if they're a couple or not in the sequel. 
I hope they're not, because I just love... I mean, I am i won't, like, be upset if they are if they turn out to be a couple, but I just, like, I love them as friends so much. I think it works so well. Like, it's one of the more believable, like, yeah. friendships in the MCU. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. They're definitely... I'm like, yeah, I believe these, these two as friends. Also, I love how they actually just told their friend everything at the end that happened. Oh, they, like, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. We're not they, keeping this a secret, no. I mean, here's everything that happened to us. Yeah, I, I love that they're telling the story, and I love that she calls it a Kamehameha. She, <laughs> she's like, that he does a huge Kamehameha. <laughs> they just leaned into it, it's great. Yeah. But yeah, so, I, I think we covered just about everything. Yeah, I was gonna say ah. I I say give it a watch if you haven't. It's one of my one of my more favorite films. I mean, compared to having just seen uh, Eternals and having just rewatched Black Widow, it is easily my favorite superhero movie of the year, um, and definitely a fun fun one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Goodbye, everyone. All right. I'm uh, until next time. I'm Mike, and I'm JD. Adiós.